Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. We are joined by Dr. Alexandra Perry, a veterinarian who co-founded and is the chief medical officer at VetAbility Inc. to talk about veterinary telemedicine. So let's go. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we are here with Alexandra, the co-founder and chief medical officer of VetAbility. So welcome, Alexandra. Hey guys, thanks for having me here. We're so happy you're here after some intermittent tech issues, but we made it happen. Yay. Awesome. Well, we always love to start these calls. Um, just getting a quick introduction to our guests. So we'd love if you could give us um, a bit of an introduction to yourself. And I'm guessing you probably have pets. So we'd love to hear about them. Uh, yeah. So my name is Dr. Alexandra Perry. I graduated veterinary school in 2015. So I have worked in general practice in veterinary clinics and in emergency clinics in the GTA and Barry area since then, and have since now founded VetAbility. I grew up with dogs and cats. I don't currently have dogs in my house, but I do have an eight-year-old polydactyl cat named Simcoe. He has 23 oh. toes. Cute. Is that what polydactyl means? That yeah, it means it means question. extra toes. Yep. So he has <laughs> 23 toes instead of the standard 18, and it looks like he has little mittens. Where are the locate? What is the 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 disbursement of the toes? I'm very interested in this. So he has one extra toe on both front paws, one back paw, and one back paw has two extra toes. Oh my. So many toes. That is so adorable. Yeah. (laughs) And what is his name? His name is Simcoe. Simcoe. That's so cute. Is that because you're from Barrie? Is that where the name comes from? I'm actually from the GTA originally, but my husband Um, and I met on Lake Simcoe. So that's where his name came from. That is adorable. That like my health, my heart just pretty cute. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is adorable. Yes, that is absolutely adorable. And uh, now I'm really excited to hear all about that ability. So let's dive in. Um, Can you start please by giving us an introduction to what VetAbility is and what VetAbility does? Absolutely. So VetAbility offers accredited veterinary telemedicine for dogs and cats. 
currently in the province of Ontario, but we hope to expand into other areas and additional species in the future. Um, but veterinary medicine is actually pretty tightly regulated. So to some extent, even more so than the human world. Um, so in order to practice telemedicine, you need to still be doing so from an accredited clinic whether it's in person or virtually. And um, that's a clinic that has been accredited by the College of Veterinarians of Ontario. So this was really a huge factor for me when first coming up with the concept of vetability was to not only be able to offer easily accessible telemedicine platform, um, but one that has also gone through the same accreditation process as in-person clinics, um, basically to ensure that we're providing our clients the same level of of accountability that they would see in person and uphold the high standards established by my profession. Uh, further to that, I'd say with the goal of being easily accessible, we essentially wanted our platform to be very mobile friendly so that clients can use it on the go, which is why we have mobile applications for iOS and Android devices. But we do also have a web app as well for people that either don't want to install a mobile application or if they prefer to use their computer for this kind of service, they can do that. So it just makes it really easily accessible for any type of clientele. Um, and both the app and the web app are free to download. Further to that, I guess I would add that vetability essentially acts in two fashions. So one is to service clients directly when they can't see their regular vet, but the other is actually to act as a third-party platform for established veterinary clinics to service their own clients. So in that fashion, we act as more of a tech platform to them, for them to see their own clients as well. That's amazing. Um and I know we became connected because uh, you're one of our sponsors for Sniffscape, which we just wrapped up recently, which is so yes, exciting. Yes, it was so exciting to watch it. I, we were too far that we weren't able to get down, but I loved watching all the dog videos going through it and well, really just enjoying that enrichment experience. We'll definitely do it again for sure. Um, but I'm not familiar with any other telemedicine providers in Ontario or even in Canada. So I'm curious, is this, um, this idea of vet telemedicine, is this something that is kind of taking the world by storm or are you, is your company kind of really forging the path or one of the leaders in that work right now? It really is a new fashion in general because, I mean, telemedicine, as you can probably imagine, kind of saw a little bit of a surge since the pandemic. Uh, but yes. Ontario was actually one of the first jurisdictions within North America uh, to even take a stance on telemedicine. And I believe that was back in 2016, so way before pandemic times. Uh, but previously, you used to only be able to practice virtually in a much more limited scope, so more kind of in the frame of general telehealth, uh, not to the extent of telemedicine, which actually then allows you to diagnose, prescribe medications, uh, essentially establish what's called the veterinarian patient-client relationship virtually. Um, so throughout the pandemic, the guidelines within Ontario, as well as many other provinces and states, were relaxed, uh, but they were more temporary measures. So just as of the beginning of 2022 is when the professional practice standards within Ontario officially changed to allow these more permanent measures that allowed us to establish this veterinarian patient-client relationship 
or what we refer to as the VPCR virtually. And so in order to be able to prescribe medications, you have to have this VPCR uh, relationship, and that can only be established through an accredited clinic. Um, and uh, in doing this, it now allows us, as per the new uh, professional practice standards, just as of the beginning of 2022, we're now able to actually prescribe medication. So that's kind of where a big shift in veterinary telemedicine has been seen because it becomes a much more useful platform rather than just being able to consult with a veterinarian to basically determine, you know, do I need to go in or do I not? We're now able to better service people virtually. And uh, the college has really done a great job in recognizing the need and the benefit and how we can further support our in-person counterparts. Uh, because since the pandemic, I mean, as you guys probably saw as well, I know you and I chatted about this before, Justine, um, but with the pandemic, there's so many new pet parents and the veterinary clinics just haven't been able to keep up in person, even to service their own existing clients. And as a result, our profession has really been seeing um, a huge burnout as well, which is quite sad. So in uh, having these new guidelines to allow us to practice telemedicine uh, when done appropriately and through accredited facilities, um, we're starting to see a little bit more of that shift. But it's all about doing so kind of in the appropriate way, following uh, kind of the same guidelines and accreditation processes as an in-person clinic so that you guys as the clients have that same accountability, right? For sure. This is really, really interesting. And now um, it's tweaked my interest to look into telemedicine for my own pets. So with that being <laughs> said, what could I expect when I access vetability? Like, how can I prepare for a telemedicine appointment? Yeah, so I'd say probably the best way to prepare is to sign up ahead of time, right? Like you never know when you're going to need it. So if you already have a profile, your pet already has a profile, you can have all of their history, their current diet, whatever medications they're on, the name of their regular vet and their contact info all linked in their profile so that when you need an appointment, it's the matter of a click of a button and then filling out what's currently going on, not the whole history of your pet, right? So if you you've ever had a telemedicine appointment for yourself, it's honestly pretty similar. Uh, you basically would use the app or web browser if you prefer to request an appointment. The veterinarian would essentially accept your appointment request and then you would confirm that, um, saying that you're still available and want to go ahead with the appointment. And you're essentially taken to a virtual exam room where you would video chat with a veterinarian licensed in Ontario. So not only are they seeing you, but you can then show them your pet, either your pet walking or the lump on your pet, whatever the issue is. So when you're requesting the appointment, you're essentially asked to answer questions about your pet's presenting complaint, uh, any current medications, if that's different from what might be in their pet profile. And then uh, you can even upload photos or videos. And I'd say that's probably one of the best ways to prepare is to simply fill out your appointment request form with as much detail as possible so that the veterinarian can review all of that information ahead of time and really have a better understanding of what's going on even before going into the appointment. 
And um, I often joke with my clients when I'm working in clinic, when a dog comes in that's been limping, that all veterinary clinics have healing doors because probably at least 50% of the time they come into the clinic and they're not limping. And, you know, the owners are trying to convince me that they're doing it at home and that they're not making it up. And I swear, like, I believe you, but a lot of the time they just won't do it when they come into the clinic, right? So if you have that photo or that video, then we can see what you're noticing at at home and then really do a better job to assess the pet in case they're not doing it in clinic, right? Uh, and I guess the last thing I would probably say too, and this might be more relevant for appointments with a cat, but is to make sure you have your pet nearby. So if you keep them in one room kind of leading up to your appointment or when you know you want to request an appointment, then you know that you'll be able to find them during or at the time of the appointment. Because I can almost guarantee that when you go to look for your cat, you probably won't be able to find them. So that can be helpful too, because if the veterinarian can actually see your pet, uh, they're just going to be that much more useful to you, right? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Uh, That's hilarious actually about the cat part i never would have thought about that but yeah if your cat's in at home you gotta wrangle them up before the appointment that's great um all right thank you so much for sharing all of that so far alexandra we are going to have um a quick break and then come back to learn more all about veterinary telemedicine with vetability in more depth sounds great back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are talking with Alexandra from Vetability about veterinary telemedicine. So let's jump right back in with our first question because we have lots to talk about. So curious, what are some of the benefits of veterinary telemedicine? Why or when would I access the service? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I would say the main benefit is that it allows us to provide better access to veterinary care. So whether that's to service remote areas that may not have a veterinarian nearby for clients that have mobility difficulties themselves where it's hard to get into the clinic, they have a stressed pet who gets really, really anxious in the clinic, um, or uh, to access after-hours care when your regular vet is closed or if your regular vet can't get you in. Like we talked about earlier, since the pandemic, you know, we've just seen that surge in pet ownership. And as a result, like every clinic has had such a high demand that it's been really challenging for them to keep up with that uh, demand in clinic. And um, even when they can't service their own regular clients, you know, so with telemedicine, we can essentially help to offload that in-clinic burden by seeing some of those more straightforward cases virtually, whether that's telemedicine with their regular vet, if their vet does offer it, Or again, um, remember that VetAbility does act as a tech platform for clinics to be able to service their own clients 
or if your veterinarian doesn't offer telemedicine, you do have that option to access a vetability veterinarian directly. Um, so really just, I think, about accessing or providing that better care to clients or patients that, you know, are having a hard time getting into the clinic for whatever that reason, that for whatever that reason may be. In the case of maybe when you're, let's say your default with your clinic is to opt for telemedicine, in what cases would they ask you to come into the clinic? So let's say like, would they do like your regular annual checkup if like no vaccines were needed? Like would they do those types of things virtually or those the sorts of things you would have to go into um, the clinic for? Well, I think the important thing to remember is that telemedicine is really not designed to be a substitute for in-person care. There's nothing like seeing a veterinarian in person, especially when our patients can't explain to us what's going on or what they may be feeling internally. So in comparison to human medicine, veterinarians really rely a lot on their physical exam. Um, and we do rely on clients, you know, picking up on subtle differences, but clients may not always know what to look for. So we really use our physical exam to say feel something in the abdomen that the pet may not have been showing outward signs of a mass and really for that reason the physical exam is important to get in at least once a year so you know you're having that in-person checkup so I would say for pets that aren't requiring vaccines that year you know say they've had a three-year vaccine and they're not do right now, um, the annual physical is still important to get in to see your regular in veterinary uh, care and uh, to have that in-person uh, primary clinician as well. Uh, but for a substitute kind of for those in-between cases, when something pops up, you know, whether it is your dog is having diarrhea or um, say they've recently been diagnosed with a condition, but, you know, you were trying to process everything that the doctor was trying to explain to you at the time of diagnosis, or uh, you had some follow-up questions, that's kind of some really great cases for it. Uh, dogs that are vomiting or say a female dog that has a urinary tract infection, uh, lots of those things can potentially be managed virtually. It really is on a case-by-case basis, uh, but it's really that in between your annual checkups uh, when things arise, um, certainly anything that is more extreme, you know, if your pet has collapsed, they've gotten into some sort of toxin, like those are going to need to be seen in person. Um, but those uh, more minor Minor issues that potentially can be managed virtually is where telemedicine comes in to be of benefit. Um, this is this. Sorry, this just okay. reminds me. Um, this just reminds me. Recently, we talked about uh, obesity in our pets and so something like that. I'm sure over telemedicine would be a little more difficult to gauge. Well depending on the severity of the case, I guess, if you pick up your, your animal and uh, takes up most of the screen. But um, uh, yeah, that uh, that's uh, all really, really um, great information that leads into why you should still be taking your, your pet into the to see a vet. Um, I do want to uh, move on to the next question. I do have a question about affordability. So in comparison to a regular vet visit, can I get my visit covered under insurance depending on the situation or how does that work? So in regards to insurance, I always say that you're best to inquire directly with your own insurance company because each plan can vary and can be very different. 
I will say that a lot of plans typically don't cover an exam fee. So whether that's in person or virtually, the exam fee is typically not part of kind of most insurance policies and it's anything supplemental to that. That being said, if your insurance policy does cover that with vetability being an accredited clinic, like your invoice would indicate everything on there and have all of the necessary information that you would be receiving that as well as the complete medical record, which a lot of insurance companies will need for submission for an insurance claim. So you'll have all the information to submit if your policy does cover that. And if you ever need more information, you can always reach out to our team and they can provide it as necessary but it really does come down to your individual insurance policy. Amazing. And in, in terms of like comparison to like what you would pay at a clinic. So I need a last minute appointment because I think my dog has an ear infection and my regular exam fee is X. Is it going to be comparable at vetability to what you would see at um, your regular clinic? So it probably depends where their regular clinic is located. So um, our kind of like jurisdictional uh, bodies, they release these suggested fee guides for every single aspect of veterinary medicine uh, and clinics across the province will use that to kind of set their fee pricing. But just like anything else in life, it does vary based on where you are. You know, more remote yeah. areas have a cheaper cost of living and that's going to be reflected in veterinary prices. Downtown, you're going to see higher prices. Um, so in terms of vetability, our consultation fees uh, through vetability directly are currently set to $67.50, which is quite affordable. We basically base our pricing off of the recommended pricing for telemedicine consultations, which is listed in those suggested fee guides that are released by our regional veterinary association. So that's across Ontario that we're talking about right now. But as we talked about earlier, you have to remember that telemedicine is not designed to be a substitute to in-person care, rather a complement, right? So if you can't get into your clinic, you're not sure if you need to go in or you have one of those minor issues that we were talking about in between kind of your annual checkups, our platform definitely offers a really affordable way to help get that managed and ensure your pet is still receiving that quality of care that they need. Um, but as we were talking about earlier as well, a second use of our app is to act as a third-party platform for other established clinics to offer telemedicine to their own clients. And mm. so through this, clinics can kind of set their own pricing. And how most of our clinics are doing this is uh, that they have They'll have telemedicine consultations set up with one of their own doctors as opposed to one of our vetability veterinarians. Um, but so this would be a service for their existing clients. And again, this can vary between each clinic, how they have this set up, but a lot will have their telemedicine consultations set as the same price as their in-person consultations, but have it structured such that if you do need to end up going in uh, for follow-up, that kind of that initial follow-up is in included in your telemedicine consultation. So again, every clinic would potentially have this set up differently, but that's probably the most common way that it's done, I would say. And, um, and so in doing this, if you're seeing your regular vet 
on readability. Um, this kind of makes it an affordable way because it's in line with what you would be experiencing or seeing price-wise in clinic anyway, uh, but it's making it more convenient for you to do so. And then you at least have that reassurance that if you did need to be seen in person, that that's kind of followed up in your initial appointment. And again, you know, I emphasize that each clinic can have this structured differently, um, but that's probably the most common way. I do have a really, really quick follow-up question to that. So if I my dog or cat does experience an emergency, will VetAbility communicate that with my regular vet or or would I have to? Absolutely. Yeah. So this was another really important factor for me in developing vetability because again, you know, I feel very strongly about achieving that high standard of care. And um, I really believe that the best approach to veterinary medicine is a collaborative approach, whether that's in person or virtually. And we're all part of the same team caring for your pet. So uh, after having an appointment with vetability, say if your regular vet is not within our network, um, uh, you would receive a complete medical record of the appointment following your appointment on vetability. Um, but you can also indicate your regular vet's email address within your pet's profile. So again, oh, great. that's another benefit for setting it up ahead of time so that you're ready to go when you need an appointment. But if you've had that indicated in their pet profile, you don't have to be the one to forward on or call your vet up and say, hey, this is what happened. They're going to get a copy of that medical record, explain it in medical terms exactly what's going on so they'll know all the details it won't be up to you to remember that and if your vet is a part of our network then they'll automatically get that record as well regardless of um, uh, anything else that you kind of have to have to do that is also no, I was just going to say uh, to further answer you and elaborate on that, Mackenzie, um, in terms of emergency care, um, what the app will also do is uh, automatically indicate the nearest accredited emergency clinic to your current location at the time of your appointment on vetability. Um, so if you do need to go in to see a vet in person, you're going to have that information, that contact okay. information, their location to where that emergency clinic is that's going to be closest to you, which really is a benefit for anyone. But especially if you're out of town, you may not know where an emergency clinic is. So you automatically have that information right there. And you also have a complete medical record to provide to the emergency veterinarian as well. I love that. That's, yeah, that's so amazing and such a seamless process. And um, I know we're getting close to the end for time here, but the one thing that I just want to share that I thought was so amazing when when Alexander and I chatted was around um, prescriptions and how with vetability you actually can prescribe prescriptions. And then my mind was blown that I could take that and go to my regular pharmacy and get it filled for my pet. So if something happens on the weekend, and I mean, I've had an incident where Marshall hurt his leg and he needed anti-inflammatory and pain meds, and we had to wait to get into the vet. And this would have been such a perfect solution to be able to just get him the meds so he could be more comfortable. So I just wanted to plug that because I think it's so fantastic. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing all that incredibly helpful information with us. That was a lot to digest and I'm sure all of our listeners will find it super helpful, um, but we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back.
been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. And today we have been talking to Dr. Alexandra Perry, Chief Medical Officer and Co-Founder of Vetability. All right. So, Alexandra, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge today. Um, if our listeners would like to learn more or access Vetability, where and how can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to find out more information about how the platform works, how veterinary telemedicine works, you can visit our website, www.vetability.com. So that's V-E-T-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y.com. Or you can even go directly to the App Store or Google Play uh, to download the mobile application. Amazing. I know I'm going to be downloading it and filling out that profile so that if I'm ever in like a weekend crisis situation, it's all ready to go and I am prepared. Exactly. Preparation is key. Because I do not handle a crisis well at times. So Most pet parents don't. Right? Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Alexander, for all that information. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. Till next time. Thanks so much, guys. A Block Sheep Audio Production.